Project Tribute Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to aiding our nation's first responders. Our vision and mission is to enhance the life-saving capabilities of our first responders through raising awareness and funding for the life-saving work that they do. Our goal with the podcast is to be an educational avenue and a method for our heroes to express themselves. In the podcast, we will discuss various tough subjects. Some of the subjects may be uncomfortable or controversial. Our guests have the right to share their thoughts and ideas and for our listeners to hear the unedited words of our guests. The Foundation's role is to showcase a diverse array of thoughts and opinions within the first responder community. If you hear something that you do not agree with, please consider reaching out to us at projecttributefoundation at gmail.com and join our podcast. If you're a first responder and you would like to share your story, we truly would love to hear from you and learn from your experiences. Please enjoy this week's show, and as always, like, comment, and share to help us grow. You can find more information at www.projecttribute.com. Thanks, and have a great one. Hello, this is James again with Project Tribute Podcast. We have a special guest with us today. I'm John Wayne. I'm a firefighter uh, EMT. Awesome. Okay. Is uh, I I think we had talked about before that you do um one full time and one part time. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so, um, and then part time on my days off, I volunteer for a local rural volunteer fire department. Man, that's a that's quite a lot. <laughs> All that stuff doesn't wear you down doing those two different things. Oh, it it, it can definitely get tiring. <laughs> You know, when you sleep with a when you sleep with a pager 365 days a year that can go off at any moment. Oh, my I mean, goodness. It's definitely tiring. Goodness gracious. OK, so I bet there's quite a few. Um, so the agencies that we work for are pretty cl- familiar uh, with how small the town is, how small the towns around us are. Right. Um, there may be some people listening that don't probably don't have a rural fire department near them or something like that. Cause they live in a major city or they live in a bigger metropolitan area. Um, what, what exactly is like a rural fire department? Uh, well, most you'll find a lot of rural fire departments just in your smaller communities that aren't heavy tax based that have a lot of income that come in to provide fire suppression for that area. So you get guys like myself and my fellow firefighters that have full-time day jobs, and then we volunteer to work when the pager goes off, if you're available. Um, it It's one of those deals where it falls to your level of dedication to what you signed up to do um, as far as getting up out of bed and responding to an emergency in your area. Yeah. Yeah, so I think <laughs> I heard about the rural um, emergency service deal that they have. The first thing I thought is, oh, you guys don't get paid <laughs> for this? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no, there's there's no compensation, and uh, we do it to help our community. Is there... Um, is there any kind of, obviously the benefit being... Um, you know, you love to serve, you love to help people out. Uh, that's admirable. I think that's why any, any one of us got the main reason why any of us got into the first responder field of any kind of first responder job. Um, 
access to a specific credit union, tax break, anything of that nature? Or is it strictly just because you want to do it? There are some benefits. Uh, So the agency that I'm affiliated with, we're in the uh, pension system, just like just like the career guys. Yeah, Uh, it's a little different. Obviously, it's not as much, but uh, our agency pays for a pension. And then if you put in 20 years or 25 years or or whatever, get a retirement check. Uh, wow. Okay. So it's not a lot, but it's it's at least it's, something. It's something. And then yeah. also along with that, every year, if you meet a certain level of training hours, that you get a tax credit on your state income taxes. Oh wow, that's awesome. How how do you guys train? Is it do you guys have to pay for training out of your own pocket, or does the smaller uh rural area that you work for do they help with anything like that or so we have an allotted training but sends you through classes then there's uh grants that you can get training uh one called that most people are familiar with it's called safer grant okay um where they provide firefighter one classes Uh, yeah and then once you complete that class um it's 100% paid for by the grant, but when you complete that class, they buy you a set of gear for your agency. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Did, um, you know, that, that's really awesome to know. Did, um, company as far as like getting help with grants or anything like that? Uh, they have came up to our agency and actually provided us with, uh, stop the bleed kits. Oh, perfect. Okay. Uh, for each individual member of uh our agency we all have our own stop the bleed kit that we can carry in our vehicles that way if we come up on an you know something and need something to stop the bleed Mm -hmm. you know at least we have something in our in our possession that we can keep in our personal vehicles yeah yeah absolutely a rule oh man uh so i graduated high school in 2008 Mm -hmm. and I gra- whenever I graduated, I wasn't 18 yet. Mm-hmm. And so a few months later, whenever I turned 18, I went to a local volunteer fire department where I grew up and said, I want to join. Heck yeah. That's awesome. And um, put my application in, started in the fire service, and then I've worked in volunteer fire since August of 2008. I'm doing it in a minute. Yeah. What... um what kind of training have you gotten from there? So are you like, and maybe in a police officer, I don't know exactly how the firefighter uh, training rankings work. I was like firefighter one, firefighter two, stuff like that. Right. What level have you obtained now that you've been doing it for so long? Uh, man, I've got a little bit of variety of training. I've focused here recently more on the EMS side gotcha. of training. Um, but I've, got structural firefighting uh oh man wildline classes you're like i got so many (laughs) there's a whole there's a whole variety of things on you know that we get access to and yeah a lot of training that osu fst puts on 
OS, OS, Oklahoma State University. Fire service training. Okay, cool. Uh, they're like the state's leader in training. Really? They okay. put together a lot of classes that are free to volunteer firefighters. Wow. So, That's nice. Um, or low cost. Yeah. Uh, to kind of help out those other agencies. Right. So. What um, what kind of things do you deal? Like I said, why? Well, I've always lived in a big city, so when I moved to this area, um, the idea of uh, rural emergency services where you don't necessarily get paid and stuff like that was pretty new to me—a new concept. What um, what kind of things do you guys deal with at the part time that you have? Do you? I mean, the first thing that usually comes to my mind and I feel like would come to a lot of people's minds is uh, grass fires, brush fires, things yes. like that. Well, uh, medical emergencies in our community. We do grass fires, structure fires. Uh, is that the whole county or just your area? So like your side of the county. We have our service area. Okay. And then we also do mutual and automatic aid with surrounding agencies. Okay. And we go into surrounding counties. Oh, counties too. Cool. Yeah. Just wherever, you know, we, we have, we put a limit yeah. of how far we can go. For sure. You don't want to put too much strain on your right. own equipment. Yeah. Well, the, on it. Yeah. that we're, our primary goal is to protect, service, your service area. that area. Yeah. Now we, we will go other places and, you know, help not without any hesitation. Mm -hmm. um, I've been as far as Woodward, Oklahoma. Where is that? <laughs> uh, Where on earth is that? At? <laughs> uh, Woodward is on the complete opposite side of the state from here. Um, By the Texas border or yeah, what state? Uh, it's over, had a big fire um, out there that, how was big? consuming 300,000 acres. Oh, my goodness gracious me. We spent uh, a few days out there yeah. on a task force Wow, to uh, help them guys out there. So, we, How long ago was that? It was 2017, I want to say. Wow. That uh, was a huge fire. Yeah, it, it was. Did you have agencies from Texas coming in? Oh, too? there was agencies. People all over. Right yeah, yeah, the Forestry Service, you name it. Good God. You know, there was all over the state. So generally county by county. And if, and that's the thing is, so we're volunteers. Mm -hmm. So we're leaving our day jobs, taking vacation or whatever to leave to go do this. Oh, yeah. But it, we'll put together a task force from all the agencies in your county. Mm -hmm. And everybody will say, you know, we'll get, in a, we'll put together a big, group text yeah. with all the leaders of all the agencies. Yeah. Hey, we're looking at going and assisting with such and such fire. Mm -hmm. um, what's your availability? Yeah. So when you get on a large scale incident like that, those like a command role, center. Yes. Yeah. There's a command post. One guy's in charge of the whole thing. And then this guy's in charge of this part. This guy's in charge of this part. Gotcha. You know, and then they probably have to be pretty down. quick to set that up too. Yeah. Like you probably already have it figured out as you're going there. Like, Hey, when we get on scene, this is your job. This is your yeah. job. This is your job. So and you're not twiddling you, fingers up there. Yeah. Right. So, man, uh, but primarily, you know, our goal is to focus on our, our community and our citizens. 
and then we'll put yeah uh is anybody available or can or want to go mm-hmm. and then we'll be like all right we can spare a brush truck and two guys okay. and then they'll meet at a central location you guys and will then, like convoy to and that. everybody convoys to the fire awesome and you know and that's where your uh ics incident command stuff comes in okay because out is that out like a there different on branch a lo- of training that you can get or? yes okay. uh uh ics uh incident command system mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh uh rule fire dues fire dues yeah so explain that to me because i have no idea <laughs> so somebody so and actually our, i'm a city guy sorry yeah. <laughs> i i actually started and and going to get them done here in the next couple of weeks but um we sell out a, we send out a subscription okay and for x amount of dollars and so is this you, a month a week a year a yearly it's a yearly deal okay and so they send their check for however much mm-hmm. your fire or you need the fire department that's our funding to be able to come oh. to you. Okay. We'll respond whether you pay your dues or of not. Course. We're coming. Of you know, if the pager goes yeah. off, we're going. Yeah. But, you know, if people didn't pay their fire dues in the rural areas, then your fire department doesn't have any money coming in. Exactly. Because we're not a profit agency. Yeah, exactly. We don't have a tax base mm-hmm. to support, Yeah. you know, yeah. a lot. So, yeah. They they mail us checks for our services. The mm-hmm. fire the firefighters see no money of that. That's to buy fuel, tires, oh yeah, equipment, gear, oh yeah, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, because you guys have to keep track with all that stuff. Because if it's not, you know, if you're if something's wore down, I mean, you have to get new equipment. If you don't, it could put not only could you not be able to do your job properly, but it could put your um, firemen in danger right. as well. So. Yeah, I'm sure all that that money gets spent. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, if you look at the gear that we wear, um, that's that was it bunker gear. Yeah, right? bunker part- protection agency. They put a standard on that gear, okay. and it has to meet us. The gear has to meet a certain standard, and they say that your gear is only good for ten years. So, is that including like going to a certain amount of fire calls and stuff? Or just like on a broad, like whether you use it a lot or not, 10 years is 10 years, it's done. Okay, gotcha. So you can buy a brand new set of bunker gear, put it in a closet, and 10 years later, it's, it's not rated Technically, properly. it is not rated for to do the job that it was designed to do. Like a, a flame retardant, right? And it provides you protection from heat. Yes. Is the primary. The, obviously, it probably does more, but that's the primary focus right. of it, the defense. Okay. Now, does that include the respirator and all that stuff too? Yes, all that, all every everything in the fire service has a shelf life. Gotcha. Of okay. what it's allowed, you know, if you wear something that is not up to snuff and up up to par, mm-hmm. and you get hurt, and then the first thing anybody's going to look at is, okay, well, was your your equipment was your equipment up to par yeah so then that stuff's very expensive so oh, yeah. we, we take we take that stuff and um we take that money and that's what we like to try and buy because i want my guys in we want them to be uh, safe right we want i want them to be safe i want them to have good gear yeah uh, i mean the job's inherently dangerous you don't want to add 
um, extra danger to that job by cheaping out on equipment right. and stuff. Yeah. Right. And I know penny pension is just part of human nature. You know, yeah. you always oh, want to yeah. try to cut costs and stuff. But when it, right. you could have a guy go down or something like that, and now you have to expend more resources to protect that guy when he wouldn't have even gone down maybe in the first place if the gear was up to snuff. Right. Right. So, man, that, that is super interesting, though. What um, For anybody out there that uh, you know, may think now, hey, that sounds kind of cool. You know, I, I want to be a firefighter, but it'd be cool to start out at a volunteer service, get some experience, and then go to a, you know, maybe like a full-time fire agency. How, how could somebody go through the process of signing up? Department, the community that you live in. Uh, typically, I know I can speak for my agency. You'll find guys in and out of there all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, because we're volunteers, we have full-time jobs. We're not there at the station 24 hours a day. Of course. But if you see some vehicles parked outside, walk in. Hey, you know, I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, We'll get you an application. uh, Talk about it. Go through. We can show you what we got, what we, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of explain what we do uh, on a regular basis. Uh, Probably, I would say, 80% or better medical calls. Yeah. Um, so, you know, ever, everybody sees the fire truck. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're going to go fight the fire. Well, no, <laughs> just because, just because you see a fire truck going down the road, running lights and sirens doesn't necessarily mean that there's something on fire. Absolutely. Because we re- respond to a variety of incidents. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, uh, I learned that lesson when I first started being a cop, I'd see them go and I, you know, I'd see them pull out with their lights on and stuff. I'd look on my screen like, are, <laughs> why is the fire truck going to? I, I had no idea that firefighters go to so many medical calls. Yes. Like, it's insane. So, most of the time you have a an ambulance, one or two ambulances, and a fire truck. Right. And it's, <laughs> I had no idea. Well, well I thought I it mean, was strictly um, fires and things of that nature that firefighters responded to for right. the longest time. Right. Yeah. And that, and that's a common misconception that mm-hmm. people, I mean, people that aren't in the business, in the first response business, yeah, um, they don't realize that. They just mm-hmm. see the fire truck. It says fire truck on it. So, so there they, must be a fire. Yeah. So <laughs> they assume there's got to be a fire. Yeah, exactly. So, man, it's super interesting. Um, I think the public might have learned something. I'm willing to bet that they did, especially when it comes to rural fire. Um, if somebody's living in a bigger city, like I said, they may not have a rural fire department. They're just used to their municipalities fire department being around. Um, so that's really cool that there are um, agencies like that that can still provide service to uh, that you do that along with your full time job. Um, so we're going to cut this segment now, though. Um, I do want to thank John for coming again and being a special guest um this is james watham of project tribute podcast and we're going to be signing off thank you very much for listening This podcast is hosted by the Project Tribute Foundation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to aiding our first responders. 
Thank you for listening. For more information on our efforts, check us out at www.projecttribute.com. If you're a first responder that would like to share your story, contact us at projecttributefoundation at gmail.com. You can find us on various social media and podcast sites by searching the Project Tribute Foundation. 100% of donations are used to save lives while our retail store pays for any of our operational costs. Thank you again, and please be sure to like us, follow us, and share our foundation with your friends. Thank you and have a great day.